0: what's really really good y'all it's your boy um yeah we almost died but we good we here man we here don't worry about it season two season one was fucking reckless season one was crazy i had a bunch of different topics i had a bunch of things just being uploaded season two starts now because i got a new mic i don't know if y'all could tell i got a new upload schedule monday wednesday and friday two times a day so that's six uh six videos a week and um i'm now taking notes on the shit that i talk about I want to be more organized, I want to take this more seriously, and I want to take it to the next level, so let's get started. Today's weather's looking pretty good, um, the sun is out, if that's the real sun, the clouds are out, if those are the real clouds, I mean, who knows, stick around for the conspiracy segment on this show. Um, we got some good fights this weekend, we have Michael Chandler versus Charlie Olives, I mean, come on, right there, we got a fucking scrap, right there, just right there, we got a scrap. But the co-main event, we have Tony Ferguson versus Benio DeRouche. Now, a lot of people are saying that Tony Ferguson is washed up, Tony Ferguson don't got it, Tony Ferguson ain't gonna be able to pull it off. I got some different opinions for y'all, but I'm gonna save it for the last, uh, for the last bit of this video. A lot of people may think I have a problem with Michael Chandler, but to be honest, I don't have an issue with him. I think the dude is a workhorse, I think he works hard, I think he um he has everything that it that you need to be a champion in the UFC. He has it all, but his journey was a little shorter than a lot of other people who should have been there. That's my only issue and it doesn't matter. Like honestly, I I, I don't care. They're they're fighting, whoever gets the bell is just going to get it taken away from them by the person he faces next. But I feel like uh Michael Chandler, he came from Bellator. Let's not forget that he came from Bellator and he came from a loss in Bellator. It's not like he was dominating Bellator and he was so good in Bellator that they were like, yo, you need some high, higher level competition. You need to come to the UFC and face people your size or face people your, with your skill set. That wasn't it. He's lost in Bellator. He's lost a couple times in Bellator. So I'm not saying that he's a trash fighter, but he is not like this golden fighter that they're making him out to be because he, his last fight in Bellator before the Dan Hooker knockout, he was he was TKO'd in the first round, I believe. So that's why I'm just like, this is a little weird. Dustin Poirier made the decision that he made and chose to fight McGregor for the money. In Dustin Poirier's shoes, you gotta understand, obviously the money comes first. He has a family, he has a daughter, he has a life. He doesn't wanna fucking please us, you know? Of course, we would want him to, like, come on, let's, let's, let's get this shit legit, you know? But Dustin Poirier's gonna choose his life over us, which is understandable. So he chose the McGregor fight for the money, and then Khabib retired, As a vacant title. Uh, uh, Charles Oliveira beat Tony Ferguson. Charles Oliveira now is the, you know, the, the contender for the belt, you know. Imagine if Khabib was here, bro. Imagine. Imagine if Charles Oliveira was facing Khabib. I think, honestly, guys, I think that would be an insane fucking fight. Not because, you know, Charles Oliveira has some, like, crazy striking and he's going to knock him out. But Charles Oliveira is a dangerous fucking snake on the ground. And, like, if you really just watch his fights, the way he maneuvers, it's very explosive. And it's very, like, quick. There was a word for it that Tony Ferguson said, but I forgot what it was. There, there's, like, a, a style of, of jiu-jitsu that, like, involves being explosive and quick like that. But Charles Oliveira is a practitioner, man. He's he's literally a beast. So imagine if he was to fight Khabib. But that's not the case right now. Khabib retired. Khabib left the belt. Khabib is pretty much leaving it up to the lightweight division to decide who's going to be the next, you know, guy. But, um, I don't know. I feel like... Dana White maybe likes fucking Michael Chandler and um wants to you know skyrocket his career to stardom and I understand you know the dude you know is a good-looking guy he has a good family he has a good life he has the whole background that you need to be a superstar you know he he's good on the camera he's good on the mic he's he has everything he has all the qualities but it's like it, it, it's pretty it's pretty unfair when you look at everyone else who's put in the work Benio Derouche yeah he's facing Tony Ferguson but now he's facing Tony Ferguson he's on a 6 fight win streak you know he should have he should have been fighting someone in the top 10 a long time ago someone in the top 5 if you see how Benio fights Benio's pretty nasty Benio's nasty himself, and that's hard for me to say because I love Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson is my dude, but Benio is nasty. He deserved to be there, but he's not. So what happened was Michael Chandler came in, and he was given this number six guy, Dan Hooker, you know, who's now number eight. He was given Dan Hooker, and Dan Hooker didn't even want to fight, even though it is a fight. And shit, you sign up, you sign up. Anything could happen, right? You got to respect both athletes in that situation. But Dan Hooker literally just like he just ran around the octagon and took one punch to the face and went down you know could you could you really tell someone else like okay Michael Chandler is a fucking beast because he knocked out the dude who was defenseless you know not not defenseless I'm not gonna say that because Dan Hooker could have fought back Dan Hooker could have put a good fight Dan Hooker could have he just didn't something happened he just wasn't there you know, and, and it, he seemed like a little, like a, like, like a little. I don't know. Like he, he seemed like a little, like scared or something. I didn't want to say that, but like he seemed like a little nervous or something like that. I don't know. You guys gotta watch that fight. You know. And then, um, honestly, I, I feel like Charlie Olives is gonna be a problem for Michael Chandler. A lot of people are predicting that Michael Chandler beats Charlie Olives, but I don't know. I don't know. Here's the thing with Charles Oliveira. He has the most submission wins in the UFC, which is 14 wins. He's won 14 times choking a dude out or calf slicing someone i don't know if you guys ever seen this calf slicing highlight that that's like not really done you know like he could really submit you from any angle so when you know that about someone and when you admit it you know because michael challenge just recently i don't know what interview it was but he just recently admitted that charlie olives is a fucking problem at all angles he admitted it. So when you're like constantly thinking about that, you're probably going to be hesitant to wrestle a dude. So what's Michael Chandler going to try to do? He's going to try to knock him out. Now, go ahead. Try to knock out Charlie Olas. I just feel like with his Muay Thai style, it's going to be really hard to push the pace on Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira is not going to let you come forward. Charles Oliveira is not going to play the Dan Hooker game where you just circle around the ring and then you find your foot positioning. And Charles Oliveira is going to come out with a front kick, a jumping front kick maybe, But some sort of front kick to Michael Chandler's face. Hopefully he blocks it. Because if it ends right there, that's embarrassing. But I think he'll block it. And I think we'll get scrapping. Honestly, I think we'll get scrapping. There'll be a lot of looping hooks from Michael Chandler. And Charles Oliveira's going to throw a lot of elbows down the middle. He's going to throw a lot of different strikes. And he's going to kick him to the legs. He's going to kick him to the body. And I feel like Michael Chandler's only shot is ground and pound. Ground and pound. And... I know I just said that Charles Oliveira will fucking submit him probably, but that's if they get too close and and you're just fucking around. You put in your head in his in his armpit type shit. Like you gotta stay away from those type of things if you're Charles. I mean if you're Chan- uh, Michael Chandler, you gotta just like Khabib him, just maul him from the from the from the top. You know, from full guard, just mauling him. and Don't let him get a hold of your hands. Don't let him get a hold of your of your arms, your legs, or anything like that. Just maul straight swinging you know just straight swinging on him because Charles Oliveira if he grabs any limb of yours he's going to twist it up i don't feel like you he, cuz he's going to get knocked out i don't feel like he's going to get knocked out just because of the way that he fights his style doesn't really match with people who think they're going to like come in aggressive on him because that Muay Thai style that Muay Thai stance the the whole front kick the whole distance play you know type game I don't see it happening. I don't I don't see Michael Chandler closing the distance that well, to be honest. And I, I know he is the best at closing the distance. That's what everyone says. He's the best at closing the distance. I understand that. I just feel like uh, Michael Chandler is gonna have an adrenaline dump. He's gonna be nervous. This is what I think from what I've seen in the embedded videos. This is what I've seen. This is what I've heard from him talk in the interviews. How he's like admitting that uh, Charlie Charlie Alls is is, a, is an amazing fighter and how he's in he's in danger at all times with him and how he can get submitted from any angle. Like you don't say these type of things before the fight, bro. Like uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just him, but you know. I don't, I don't see this happening that way, how everyone sees, sees it happening. You know, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it right here. I see Charles Oliveira submitting Chandler, uh, Michael Chandler by triangle choke, second round. I say second round, but I would not be surprised if it ended in the first round. Late first round. Something happens, they roll around on the floor, and Charles Oliveira does it. Gets it done. You know what I mean? That's what I think could happen. If Michael Chandler comes out, closes the distance, and Oliveira is actually the one who's nervous and scared, gets knocked out by like a one punch thing like he did with, uh, Dan Hooker, then we got a problem. You know, then we got a problem. Then I can actually be like, all right, Michael Chandler is a fucking beast. More than I, more than I've already thought he was because he just knocked out Charlie Olives who just fucked Tony Ferguson up, who just, you know, went through a war with Kevin Lee, who, you know, I, I, I feel like once Michael Chandler beats Charlie Owens, it is legitimate. Michael Chandler, welcome to the UFC. You know what I'm saying? And, and now you got the belt. But who's next after he gets the belt? Who's next for Michael Chandler? I mean, I see McGregor coming up. You know, if McGregor beats Poirier, you know, which we'll talk about in another video, if McGregor beats Poirier, I can definitely see McGregor. Challenging Michael Chandler, which would be a good fight. A lot of people don't think so because, oh my God, no, he's too powerful. That's no, that's not the case. It'd be a good fight because it would, to me, it looks like another Chad Mendez versus Conor McGregor type fight. You know, a heavy wrestler versus a, a a striker. You know, and McGregor does well with these type of dudes. I mean, besides Khabib, McGregor does pretty well against wrestlers. You guys like have to really go back and look at his transcript when he fights wrestlers, McGregor does pretty well at shutting them up. So, I don't know. And then here's the other, here's the other thing. McGregor is an amazing counter-striker. He's an amazing counter-striker. So, if if uh Michael Chandler loads up on those overhands and those hooks and whatever the fuck he wants to throw at him, McGregor might counter him and put him down. That's how I think it might happen between those two. But that's if Michael Chandler wins and that's if uh conor mcgregor wins also um but who knows shit there's a lot there's a lot of different things going into this fight i mean charlie charlie is taller than michael chandler looks like by a significant amount i mean how tall is michael chandler I, i haven't even looked this up let me let me look it up real quick we got time don't worry about it guys i'm in my room now i'm not even recording in my car I got a whole boom set up, I got a whole microphone here, I got a webcam, I got everything set up, dude. This whole season 2 shit is going to go wild. But uh let me look at uh Michael Chandler. See, that's the good thing about fucking recording in your room now because I can look shit up on my phone. Michael Chandler, why does it take me so long? Height. How tall is this dude? He's 5'8". My God, McGregor's taller than him. Charles Oliveira is 5'10". Damn. Justin Gaethje is 5'11". Tony Ferguson is 5'11". McGregor... Oh, no. McGregor is... McGregor's 5'8", really? Khabib is (laughs) 5'10". Nah, that's crazy. But, yeah. So, there you have it. You know, Oliveira got the height advantage, but... For wrestlers, that's not really an advantage, just because they got a low center of gravity. And that's what they like to do, wrestle and take people down. So you're kind of in his ballpark. But I feel like if um if Olivero if uses this uh, reach in his Muay Thai style, he can keep Michael Chandler on the outside. And if he can keep Michael Chandler on the outside, I think he can end it with a nice kick to the face or a triangle choke. That's what I'm going to call a triangle choke. If he does another arm bar, the dude is a fucking problem, bro. The dude's a fucking problem. If he does another armbar like he did to Tony Ferguson, the dude's like fucking. I don't know. I don't know. I would love to see Michael. Um, t- sorry, to see Charlie Oliveira. Uh, I don't know why I keep calling him Charlie Olives, but it's Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira versus Uh Khabib. I think that would be a crazy fucking fight. But here we have on the co-main event, we have Tony Ferguson versus Benil Derouche, and I know everyone wanted to hear about that because Tony Ferguson's back. Ah! But man, let's let's really get into it. Let's really let's really talk about this because I love Tony Ferguson, and for those who know me, y'all know I love Tony Ferguson. He's been training at Wild Card recently. He's been training with Freddie Roach. He's been getting um, a lot of footwork in. He's been getting a lot of head movement stuff in. He's been getting a lot of you know a lot of good guidance with good people around him, and he's not he's not training himself anymore. Do you guys understand what that means? Tony Ferguson was training himself, pretty much. Besides, like, Eddie Bravo and stuff like that. But, like, he was running his own camps for years. And he was the problem that he was, you know? And he's the dude who he is today because Tony Ferguson was running his own camps and doing his own thing. There wasn't no, like, you know, Trevor Whitman or some type of high-grade coach coaching him or some dude that's, like, you know it wasn't like that Tony Ferguson was literally in his own fucking space in his own gym doing his own drills doing his you know what I'm saying and he was dominating everyone beating everybody conditioning is insane conditioning is off the charts Tony Ferguson was a monster without any help now that he has Freddie Roach and I think Freddie Roach is gonna be coming out with him during the fight, which I think is insane. I don't know if any other box—I mean, if any other <laughs> was that boxer? If any other fighter has had Freddie Roach come out to a UFC event and be his cornerman, I don't know. If, but it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be a cool experience. And um I think twenty-first, I think Tony Ferguson can pull up the upset. I think I, I think he can really do it because I think he's hungry. I think he's really hungry for it. And Benio's having a baby soon, like, right after the fight, I believe, or, like, the week after or something like that. Benio's having a baby with his, with his wife, and I feel like maybe he's going to be thinking about it a lot during the fight, maybe before the fight, too, because they talk about it in the embedded... uh In the embedded series they've been talking about it but you know i think his emotions will be everywhere because of the baby being here or coming soon and um tony ferguson's emotions are gonna be on a different level just because tony ferguson has lost two times in a row now and not only that a lot of people are doubting tony ferguson so i think he's pissed off i think tony ferguson is pissed off where he feels like he has to put his all into this and if he puts his all into this i think he can do it honestly We've seen Benio get knocked out. We've seen Tony Ferguson get fucked up. We haven't seen him get knocked out. Gaethje would have knocked him out. Gaethje would have knocked him out if Herb Dean didn't stop it and get in the middle or whoever it was. I'm not sure if it was Herb Dean. But, yeah, Gaethje would have knocked him out. But he didn't. He survived a lot of Gaethje's shots. Like, do you understand? Edson Barbosa was barely surviving Gaethje's shots in the beginning. And then he just got put out by one nice little, like, right hook. Put him out. Tony Ferguson was taking multiple of those over and over. So, you know, I think he can take a shot, you know, and and, and Benil's gonna try to shoot, and Benio's gonna try to hit his legs, Benil's gonna try to do this overhand right that he always uses. Like, he, Benio has this tendency that I've been watching on his videos. I mean, in this fight, sorry, where when he gets into the pocket, right, he always has the tendency to throw. This overhand right at the end of every combo. And I don't know if maybe I should be coaching Tony Ferguson, but I hope that he's figured that out because that is an easy counter. You can literally roll, right? You roll to the left side as he tries to throw that um, that overhand right. You roll to the left side, and you got him. You could throw a liver shot now. You could throw a fucking whatever you want. But that's one tendency that Derouche has and um, could be his downfall. I don't know if Tony Ferguson knows that yet, but um, yeah, and Tony Ferguson said that he also wants to develop a varsity mentality. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means just what I said. He's been coaching himself the whole time, and he went on a 12-fight win streak coaching himself. Now, he's, running, he's, co- he's being coached by Freddie Roach, and he's getting the support that he needs. He's getting the technique work. He's getting a lot of the things that he didn't have before now think about it he said that he wants to work on his head movement that's big because tony ferguson used to get hit a lot yes he wins a f- he wins his fights because he's he's like he's crazier than everyone you know he'll take he'll take your hits he doesn't care he'll hit you back though and that was the crazy part about uh tony ferguson that he will never back up no matter how many times he gets hit so people would just mentally get exhausted and they'll just give up on him, right? they'll just fuck it and lose. Now, imagine this fucking monster, <laughs> El Kukui, pushing forward, not getting hit, slipping every punch and still rocking you with elbows, you know? We got a problem on our hands here. Tony Ferguson could really pull up the upset and um, I'm, I'm praying for him and I hope that he does, honestly. Benio, he kicks hard, dude. Benil kicks hard. Don't, I'm not sleeping on Benio. Benil kicks hard, he has an explosive overhand, right? Like I said, it's a tendency to always use it at the end of his combos, but when they land, they're hard and they hurt. He's a very calm fighter before the storm. That's another thing about Benil, which is kind of makes me uneasy because I'm not sure if like he's calm because he's confident or if he's calm just because I don't I don't really know what's going on with the dude. I you know, he might be just like this really nice guy, but I feel like he's kind of crediting Tony Ferguson a little too much, you know, kissing his ass a little too much. You know, I, if it was me, I would I, I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, this dude he has so many ways to beat me. Like I guess you're being honest, but I, I I gotta stay in the in the right mentality, especially the week of the fight. I gotta tell myself that yeah, he's good, but I'm better. You know, and and when I'm on fucking when I'm in interviews and shit, I'm gonna tell them like, hey, no, listen. I kick harder, I, I punch harder, I, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Not hyping the, the opponent up. And that, that type of talk makes me feel like, hmm, what's going on here? You know, who, who's gonna win this? Because if he comes out with this respect for Tony and he comes out calm and whatever, whatever, Tony's gonna piece him up. Tony has no respect for Ben Neal. Tony has no respect for anyone. You know what I mean? When the cage closes, Tony's a good guy outside of the ring. But when the cage closes, it's wartime. So that's, that's, that's just one thing that I'm like, you know, what's going on mentally with Benio? He's having a baby soon. He's very calm for this fight. And he's crediting Tony Ferguson a lot. You know, saying that Tony Ferguson is one of the scariest dudes and et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know. So, who knows what could happen. This is going to be a good fight. This is going to be a good fight. Saturday, 10 o'clock, the main car starts. going to be a good fight, y'all. You tune in and watch that shit. It's your boy. And yeah, we almost died, but we good. Like the video. Follow. All that. Peace.